watched it from. All right, we're here, everybody. The best picture category. Either you sat through our, our going through every category to get to this 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 nut meat of the Oscars, or you just said, yeah, doesn't matter, and you went right here. So either way, I understand. We welcome you either way. There are no losers here except for all but the top eight movies as we deem them (laughs) (laughs) for 2020. So the Academy, uh, in their infinite wisdom, have selected eight. Eight is the magic number of movies that get nominated for Best Picture this year. So we will quickly run through our rankings of all the movies, and then uh, we will dwell on our top eight. What, are, what, would, what do we think should have been awarded instead of the Academy awarding it wrong? So, Wade, you saw 87 2020 releases, or at least 2020 eligible films, whenever they were released. What, what was your number 87? What was the worst movie oh, that's right. we're you gonna saw start. from okay. 2020? Starting at the bottom, the worst was um, Artemis Fowl was my 87. Mm, not and then, a good movie. Not a good movie. Because when I think of Ireland, I think of surfing. But it is preceded by Midnight Sky. I'm, just gonna, I'm going right up the list, right? You're getting better as you go. They're getting better okay. now. So 87, Artemis Fowl, 86, Midnight Sky, we don't, we don't need the numbers. We don't need the numbers. 85. Sure. We Can Be Heroes, The Wrong Missy, Tenet, Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Like a Boss, Deer Skin, Tell us when Blood they stop Shot. being bad and they start being okay. Oh, okay. All right. right. Okay. They kind of stopped being god-awful at Midnight Sky. Okay. Right. <laughs> and Midnight Sky isn't god-awful. Just it, get, it, it, it becomes god-awful because of what it is. We can be here now. This is the area. Sorry, we can be heroes through um, Deerskin. Are things I like about it, but on the whole, it's either a shrug or a that's fine. <laughs> or it's got or it's like rapidly highs and lows, like Tenet and Deerskin. Then you got the um, the passable entertainments. Starting at 79 with Bloodshot, The Sleepover, Greyhound, Kajillionaire, American Pickle, Fat Man. Then I come into movies that are otherwise, these are passable entertainments that are just fine, but then amid the, among them are ones that are like really problematic, but got high highs and low lows. Okay, right. So they average so, to. So, yeah, so. they average to passable entertainment. They average to passable entertainment. Yeah. So uh, that begins uh, 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 Wild Goose Lake, Yes, God, Yes, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Emma, Mulan, Irresistible, News of the World, United States versus Billie Holiday, Vivarium. Now here, now with Vivarium, now we're getting into, these are good. These, these, are, these are good movies. Vivarium, Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, Eurovision Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Over the Moon, Arkansas, On the Rocks, Birds of Prey, and The Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. <laughs> Onward, The Social Dilemma, Class Action Park, John Lewis, Good Trouble, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, 
The Whistlers, Trial of Chicago 7, Wonder Woman 1984, and now we're getting into gooder movies. <laughs> uh, Let Him Go, Synchronic, Mank, The Old Guard, The Lovebirds. And now we're getting into, these are solidly good movies. These are, these are very good movies. Uh, Lucky Grandma, Black Bear, Save Yourselves, Freaky, Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President, Crazy World. I may have talked about this movie on the podcast before. It deserves its own conversation, but I'm not going to slow it down here. The Father, The Five Bloods, House of Hummingbirds. We're at 35 now. Uh, now we're getting into these are the ones that are like really memorable, really memorable pieces of work, which I guess kind of started with The Father and Crazy World back there, back there. So number 34 is Spontaneous, June, Miss, Miss Juneteenth, Baccarat, One Night in Miami, The Invisible Man, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, The Assistant, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Mole Agent, Minari. The Nest, Soul, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. That's 21. Now we're coming to the top 20. These are, the, these are ones that like, oh, I achingly love these. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> to um, the, the Climb. 20 is The Climb. 19 is uh, Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. Number 18 is uh, Dick Johnson is Dead. Number 17 is technically not eligible for Oscars, but I love it anyway. It's bad education. It's so good. Hmm. Um, so good. It's number 16, Nomadland. Number 15, 40-year-old version. Number 14, First Cow. Number 13, I Care A Lot. Number 12, The Way Back. Number 11, Palm Springs. Number 10, Sound of Metal. That hurts that it's that low. It really does. Uh, same with Palm Springs. And then number nine is uh, uh, K. Vadis Ada. Mm. Biggest surprise for me on that list is First Cow at 14, because wasn't it your number one for a while? It was my number three for a while. Okay. It was my number three solidly. And weirdly, I had this thing where, like, it wasn't until I saw another round that suddenly I had, I had First Cow at number three and uh, Nomadland at number seven, I think. And then as soon as I saw a number of the round, I, I dropped them. I, I dropped them to 14 and, and only uh, those two? 16. Like everything else was yeah, fine? only those two. They were the casualties. Only those two. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure why. It's like magic. I think it's because um, I thought to myself, I wanted to value things that really struck me emotionally more so than in just in my brain. And when that happened, I went, I go, these ones are hitting me more cerebrally than huh. gutturally. You so I'm recalibrating your, uh, yeah. What do they call I don't, it? Rubric. I'm not sure that another round is really a better movie than first cow, but, but you loved it more. It, it, it loved it more. Yeah. So I recalibrated and I dropped them. You got to Um, you gotta go with your heart. And I realized my top eight on the my ranked list is not the same as my top eight on my best picture picks, weirdly. Hmm. Well, you can think about well, that while I count up my forty one. Okay. I saw forty one. My forty one through nine. I'm gonna just uh break them down by my star ratings on the five star scale, 
where four star is a really good movie, and then like that mm-hmm. extra half star and star are like you got to really be great to to get up there. So it's kind of like a four-star scale of bonus <laughs> in a way. Right, right, right. Uh, so three stars is, is a good movie. Okay, so my one-star movie is Artemis Fowl. Terrible, terrible movie. One and a half, Wonder Woman 1984. I did not like that movie at all. It was the movie, I'm just going to say this, it's a superhero movie where the hero only puts on her armor with working wings after she learns she can fly and regains bulletproof skin. That's, that's all <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Two stars, Midnight Sky. There are parts of it I really liked. The outer space stuff was total crap. Uh, two and a half stars, Residue. Uh, a worthy picture. I just did not, I could not get into it. It should have been a short. It would have been a great short. Uh, it really felt stretched into a feature. Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga was mostly pretty dumb. Uh, and the one and only Ivan uh, did not really tug at my heartstrings, even though it really tried. Okay, but that was my only sub three star movies. I I had a very good movie year. I liked a lot of these. Okay, three stars. The Father. Uh, no, I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect anyone else to like this movie, but it just kept surprising me. I thought it was bad in a specific way, and it kept being a little less bad in a different way every scene. <laughs> <laughs> And that just added up to good, because I was like, oh, that was really uh, surprising. Okay, Trial of the Chicago 7, which I didn't really like. David Burns, uh, American Utopia, Promising Young Woman, An American Pickle, John Lewis, Good Trouble, and The Father. Those are my three-star rankings. Those are all all good entertainment. Not a waste of time. Okay, three and a half stars, Mm -hmm. something extra. Onward, The Old Guard, Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself, Save Yourselves, Cutest couple of 2020. Abs, hands down. Great hands down. first and second act, terrible third act, uh, but I liked it a lot. She Dies Tomorrow, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Invisible Man, One Night in Miami. Those are my three and a half stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now four stars where I'm like, this, this movie is a success. Like, this yeah. movie uh, really does something. Okay. Mank, uh, just because the parts I liked, I liked so much. <laughs> and the yeah, other okay. parts were so... Stupid. Um, it could have. It could have been so much better. <laughs> yeah. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Biggest surprise of the year. Uh, Emma. Period. Judas and the Black Messiah. Sound of Metal. First Cow. Another round. Okay. Now four and a half. Like this is something special. Okay. Hamilton. Soul. Dick Johnson is dead. The Assistant. The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Palm Springs, uh, shit, I got into my, I was looking up a different list. The Wolf of Snow Hollow is my number nine. That's my cutoff point. That's your cutoff point. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't accidentally say something right. else today. Okay, no, good. I think you I did, almost screwed okay. that up. Okay. So all the right. Wolf of Snow Hollow, that's my cutoff. Cutoff so is number nine. I got a preview right. of one of my top eight. <laughs> Oops. Ooh, excited to tell you. Gotta, you got to tease us. Um, awesome. That's great. Now I figured out what was wrong with my thing is that, is that, um, my number eight, I've already said, but my number eight on my list is a movie is collective, which I had put in the best documentary and international film categories. Oh, yeah. 
So I didn't include that here. So my number nine swooped up into my number eight spot for uh, the best picture. So that's what that's. We'll, so we both gave a bit of a preview. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what, but let's talk. Sorry. Yeah. What should have the Academy awarded then? What, or nominated? Well, first, here's the nominated. Oh, we're not. We're going to talk about the shoulds first, and then go to the the pictures, best picture themselves. Oh. Uh, I guess we didn't say which ones actually got nominated, did we? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, let's say that. All right. So the actual nominees for Best Picture are... The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank. Minari. Nomadland. Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal. And The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how many of those? What do you think? Well, you could process of elimination. You could figure out which one of those didn't make our top eight. <laughs> <laughs> not that hard. That's not that hard. Um, who's going to take this home? I'll start um, because I played with my own rankings here. By my star rating, this one is lower. I think it's in many ways a failure as a movie. <laughs> But it has some of the most incredible moments, in a w- and in a way, I think it's the most essential movie of the year, and it's The Five Bloods. I think it might be the most must-see. Like, if I was going to say to someone that what the must-see movie of 2020 is, mm. I'm likely to say The Five Bloods, even though it has, does things that just, like, aggravate me and feel like are slapdash and unfinished and ill-considered. The, the fact that they're going there to dig up their friend's remains, and then after they find him in a very emotional scene, they we, they expose, they find his remains, and we never hear of his remains again. Yeah, we don't even know who's carrying them, yeah. or did they even, did they leave him and just take the gold and forget all about right. him? We don't know. Are they worried about him when Paul goes right. off? Like, this, this, I mean, that movie should be about they make a choice between the gold and... The bot, friend's yeah. remains, and that's never a thing because we don't know where the remains are and what's going on with them. Like, did they just shove yeah, them? Yeah, that was frustrating. Like, did they spread them out in their pockets? Like, what's... Right, exactly. Like, what's going on? So it's like, there's kind of like unforgivable <laughs> oversights like that. But then yeah, you have that's things, not the story... Yeah. Then you have the, st- yeah. the stuff with Paul and the, the you can't kill Paul and, uh, and, the, and the boat scene and the... Uh, you know, the climax gunfight, like, did nothing for me. I could not yeah. care less about it. Um, but the best parts of that movie are some of the most exciting filmmaking of the year. So that's ah. my number eight. Cool. My number eight is uh, Quo Vetus Eta. So I, that was my number okay. nine in my list. But Collective is in other categories, which is my number eight. So I put this here. Again makes a non-preachy movie about a historical event dramatized and its messaging is utterly clear and just to watch a mother try everything she can with what little influence that she has um, do what she can to save her children and her husband is is uh, is something you can't look away from. So it's, it was really, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a must see. Well, I guess I must see it because I have yeah. not. 
My number seven, I've talked about it a lot, is Palm Springs, which took mm. a classic movie, Groundhog Day, and for my money, improved it in every dimension, except for maybe lead performance, because Bill Murray's great. Um, but I, I thought it goes deeper. I've, I honestly think it's funnier. It's a much better looking film, uh, more fun. Um, I, I, I was really impressed. And uh, for a, what seems like a derivative story, the most original movie of the, of the year for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It's not, um, uh, for Groundhog Day, feels very traditional in contrast. Like there's, it feels very contained and, and traditional, whereas uh, uh, Palm Springs really embraces the absurd, embraces the, the intimacy. It, it really, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, great Fantastic choice. Did you get Love the willies movie. thinking about intimacy? It's like I did. Well, no, I was trying because I was trying to square because what Bill Murray really brings is a uh, uh, at at hand's length, but then there's a warmth to him you finally get to cozy up to. And Niles is the same way, but um, I, in a way, I feel like the the tragedy of Groundhog Day is that Andy McDowell really still has only known him for one day. Yeah. Whereas Sarah and Niles have achieved something far beyond that, you know. Yeah. So um, it's a more emotionally mature movie too. It really you is. Know, yeah. Bill yeah. Murray is like very childlike. In, right. In that movie and uh, in Groundhog Day. So yeah, I. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I loved Palm Springs a lot. It was it yeah. spent a while as my best as as my top movie of the year. Yeah, as I watched it go down and down, I was mad because I was like, I want that in my top eight, and it's not there. <sighs> well, my number seven is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. Mm-hmm. A very, something that um, I try not to lose sight of is the inherent acceptance of absolute atrocity in American recent history even today. And the fact that Fred Hampton, as someone who was 21 when he was murdered, that the government was so, that the, that the, the society was so scared of this 21-year-old and what he, his outspokenness could, and, and willingness to reach people um, could do, is, is, needs to be addressed. And... Um, so um, the fact that this was dramatized in such a way that felt not cloying, not uh, it didn't feel like a history lesson. It didn't feel like something from the past. It felt like something that was still very much a part of today um, while still being inherent to the period. And then feeling like a thriller to be propulsive in that way and not be just a complete downer was, I mean, I mean, I mean like just a, just a, something to, to, that was very engaging. That was, um, that was really impressive. It was really, really great work. Okay. My number six is Nomadland. Many are calling it, uh, and uh, not unjustly, the most uh, quintessentially American movie. Um, mm. What it says about where we are, where our economy is right now, where um, more and more people are finding themselves in that economy. The fact that it was able to get the Amazon logo, like how did it get the I rights? I don't know how the, they did that. How did it get the rights to the trademark, much less shoot inside one? Uh, right. Yeah, and, uh, it was a real feat of, of filmmaking on every level. It was kind of hard to believe it got pulled off. 
Uh, yeah. So that's because you see you're wrapping up those boxes and you're like, "There's all Amazon. This is yeah, all it. Why it's on the outside of the building? How yeah. did they? How did they allow them to do that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Probably quintessentially American film. I would agree with that statement. That's my number six. My number six is Shirley. Mm-hmm. We've talked Shirley a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I've not much more to say about it I, other than just uh, um, it's, you know, uh, for, for lovers of film, you get a real feast with this one. And it's, uh, it's, it's, not, to, it's uh, not to be missed. My number five is the 40-year-old version. Uh, the, you said it right. I did. The, <laughs> Yay! The, the best personal filmmaking, I think. Um, mm. uh, at least wonderful, delightful, uh, great debut. I really look forward to seeing what Radha Blank does next. Uh, huge talent and personality just on mm-hmm. uh, imbuing um, the entire project. And it was hilarious. Maybe the funniest movie uh, I saw from 2020. My number five is Another Round, just a, a movie that achieves such an intimacy with its subjects revolving around something that is so that essentially is a Mitchell and Webb sketch. That Mitchell and Webb look, one of my favorite sketch shows, did a sketch about the inebriati, <laughs> a secret society that believes that if you just have almost two drinks level of intoxication at all times, though everything is just a little bit easier and a little bit better. <laughs> and the whole world is held together by people who are calm and level-headed enough at almost two drinks drunk um, <laughs> that it gets held together. But if you have finished that second drink, all hell could break loose. <laughs> and so I watched another round going, this is a dramatic version of this sketch. And yet it feels so personal, so intimate, so um, devastating and, and, and so life affirming eventually. Um, yeah, loved it. Fantastic. My number four is Minari. I think the loveliest film of 2020, the one that does the best job of avoiding every on, uh, obvious <laughs> move. Like, yeah. you know, you, you see the poster and you think you know what this movie's going to be, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. every place where you think conflict is going to arise, that's not the conflict. It takes a different right. route. Uh, it just avoids every obvious choice, every cliche. It kept surprising me the entire way through. Uh, it just felt so alive and great. Uh, just lived in. It just felt lived in. Yeah. And uh, I, I really loved that. I just wish I understood why the ending happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must confess, and this is something that's been troubling me, I must confess that I think I was just in a bad mood when I saw it because while I liked it, I wasn't... I didn't have the experience that everyone else did with it. Mm. And I think it was just because of all the elements that were happening the day I was watching it. And so I was actually watching it in the middle of the day and I was feeling guilty about taking time to watch it when I felt like I should be more productive and kept getting interrupted by things that I 
probably should be giving my attention to and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, it didn't get, I definitely watched that wrong. And um, uh, maybe, maybe hopefully I can give it another chance if I haven't uh, uh, psychically recorded my feelings about it <laughs> <laughs> into me. Uh, I'll be more open to it again because it is a, you, everything you say I completely agree with. It's, it's, it's just a lovely movie. Great. Well, what's your number four? My number four is Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Ah, yeah. Probably the one I would really consider to be the masterpiece of all of these, uh, of, of, of this. The, my, the movies that follow are movies that either the experience or my love for it kind of supersede all else. But Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always is really the tragic masterpiece that I... Um, can't say I'm probably going to revisit much in my life. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but it's also undeniable. So it's my number four. My number three is the movie that burrowed deepest into my brain. The Under the Silver Lake Award goes to <laughs> I'm Thinking of Ending Things, where I, I, just, mm. I just felt so completely wired into this movie, or it felt so completely wired into me. We have a whole episode about it. Uh, you can go listen to that for lots more thoughts. But that's my and, that's my number three. That's my near masterpiece. So close, yeah. so close to being a master. I've just two edits, <laughs> changed two shots, and it's a masterpiece. And just listen to Siggy's side of that. You can tune me out. Just turn off the left channel or whatever it is, because <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Also, my worst audio of any episode, because my. Oh, no. I don't know why my mic wasn't picking up. Anyway, this this no, mic right here. Survive. Let's not uh, let's not let's not dwell on my least favorite part of podcasts, which is host of a free show apologizing I, to pe- people who've written in to say your audio is not good. Yeah, I didn't put the I didn't like edit in an apology to that episode. Just so. I'm good. No, they got to live it's with like, that. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was your number three? That's my number three. My number three is Promising Young Woman. This is the one we disagree on the most, I think, of right. the year. This is yeah. the one. I think, I, I, think, I think Promising Young Woman, well, I was going to say it's, it's my thinking of ending things, but no, I think I have a greater appreciation for what that does accomplish than, than, than you do for this one. In a year where we saw the culmination of what not acknowledging or standing up for truth can do, this hit me square in the gut. And um, I love it for that. And just to watch how violently people reject truth as characterization, as something that's being done to you, as opposed to what you did. Yeah, this, it's, 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 it's probably the number one demon everyone has to face in it because it, it permeates everything that is hurting the people of our culture. So of our country and world. So, yeah, that's my number three. Okay. Well, my number two, my top two are my two masterpieces mm. of 2020. Flawless movies where every aspect of the production, from script, casting, everything, uh, direction, editing, is all, all in perfect harmony in delivering a great piece of art. Uh, my number two is Shirley. Mm. The relationship at the center of that, of, of Shirley and Stanley, 
not the cutest couple of 2020, the most, <laughs> the most fucked up couple, but the one that I, I will never forget, uh, that, yeah. that relationship, that dynamic uh, between those two. Just, it's so rich, um, so, so multidimensional. You, either one of those characters could have their own movie and just like them together and the way they, they interplay uh, was very, you should see it, it's good. <laughs> Surely on Netflix. I, the fact that it got zero nominations is huge disappointment to me because I, obviously, I'm very high on Shirley. Yeah, me too. And to all those people who um, skipped our previous episodes on the Oscars to hear this culmination of uh, the best pictures, to hear us probably just go, well, we already talked about that. <laughs> I think you now know what you have to do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You owe it to yourselves, really. You owe it to yourself. You hear all those things we said about Shirley? Because, yeah, no, Shirley is, uh, yeah, that is a masterpiece, too. And also, my number two, I think, probably qualifies as a masterpiece as well. It was the first movie I saw last year that I went, I've seen the, this is the best movie of the year. And it was very early in the year. And I took a chance on it. Because it was a movie few people have heard about, and it had a subject matter that I did not want to know anything about. Glad I did, because it. Uh, but in a way, because uh, the movie is "Feels Good Man," which is a documentary about the creator of the comic character Pepe the Frog that was co-opted by the 4chan and uh, Halt Wright as as a meme that uh, became to express hatred and intolerance and um, being amused by other people's uh, pain. And uh, here was a guy who just just was just wanted to make a gentle guy that just kind of thought that maybe if he just didn't do anything, it would just all go away. But then he was definitely wrong. Um, and uh, shows his attempt to try to reclaim that character back, not not so that he can, because it's his, he's trying to reclaim it from hatred. And he pretty much learns that it's, it's, um, it's too late. But I've never been more terrified watching a movie, I think in my entire life, than watching this movie. Um, the animate, there's animated sequences throughout which are gorgeous, especially considering that I think Pepe is an inherently disgusting drawing to have to look at. I can't stand looking at him. I never could. Not pleasant. Even, you know, he's not pleasant. There's something very unsettling about looking at him. And, and yet um, the animations in this are, are beautiful. Uh, I would even say that the movie gets to a transcendent place near the end. But also I had no idea if the movie, and if the movie is correct about all these things, I had no idea just how much, this played into getting that Pepe and the four dark web 4chan users, users got had uh, played into getting Trump elected, and how much he knowingly had co-opted that symbol and to use it. It's it's one of the most frightening films I've ever seen in my life, and yet also one I was really pulling for. So feels good, man. It's uh. It's available on iTunes and uh, Alamo On Demand. And it was the only Alamo Drafthouse recommended film for a very long time. Um, I think maybe a few others now, but 
uh, for this year, last year anyway. Yeah, that's my number two. Mm. Feels good, man. I still have to see that. My number one is Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. The, the other masterpiece, the movie that uh, rarely, <laughs> almost never, rarely, um, I get mm-hmm. so drawn into a movie that I forget it's a movie. I forget I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Not that I forget I was watching fiction. Not that I thought it was a documentary. Not that I thought I was watching like reality TV. That I forgot like I wasn't in that room with her or wasn't her, you know? Like Yeah. It was like an out of body yeah. experience. But I was just so worried about her that like when the movie ended as the credits are rolling, I'm like Okay, what's going to happen to her when she gets home? What's her? How's she gonna? What's yeah. she gonna say to her mom? What's she gonna do when the yeah. boyfriend asks where she's been? You know, like I was still, yeah. I, yeah. I was still like trying to anticipate the next scenes when the movie was over. Yeah. Like, well, she's still got to, she's still got to deal with that stuff. What's she gonna do? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the mark of a that's gotten into you. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. And that's just, that's such a, a rare thing. That's, um, you can't ask for more from a movie. So that's, yeah, that's my number one. Excellent. Yeah. My, my number one's a bit more base. Uh, <laughs> I, I addressed my, uh, masterpiece early and now I'm just going with the things that bring me the greatest joy. And that is of course the Wolf of Stow Hollow. It's, I've never, I have not been this, excited or in love with a movie in so long. So it's well documented. I don't really need to go into too much, but yeah, if the, if, if, if there's a movie about male rage and misogyny and, uh, or, or centuries long misogyny that manifests into a guy killing women as a wolf, you know that brings joy. I guess this is uh, this is it. So it's you know you're calling it base, like you're degrading yourself. It's the movie that not only you've always wanted to see, but that you've always wanted to make. You've always you know probably you've always I've wanted this... to make a movie like this. Yeah, I mean, I well, I, I've never really been one for werewolf stories. No, not like this but story. I, but but no, a I know, movie but... that made you feel this way, that made people a mo- feel yeah, this a, way. A movie that could accomplish what the things that this movie accomplishes. Yeah. It's that, the kind that, of uh, filmmaking you would want to do. Yeah. yeah. And the kind of filmmaking that I'm scared I could never, ever do. <laughs> but yeah, the, it's, it, it is, you're exactly right. This is the kind of thing that I, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to be out there more. And I've noticed that when I looked back at my um, like top movie of every year, because I've been stupidly, fanatically tracking that for the, recently. When I look back at the, you know, I've got... Mo- the 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 never sometimes always the su- never rarely sometimes always movies or whatever you know up there at the top but then my top slot sometimes my top two slots are always a I guess what you would I guess not condescendingly call a genre picture right but it would be something that could be classified as a genre picture even if it's not but I always feel like for some reason I feel because my favorite movie is the host yeah. The last few uh, well, best that's ofs a were. I mean, there's no. Yeah, right. But then the last. No but, you know, that I, one. I wouldn't necessarily call Avengers Endgame a masterpiece, but it's certainly a, 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 
an astounding accomplishment. That's my best of. So it was Infinity War. Uh, what else is what else was there? Then uh, Get Out was number one, which is also a masterpiece. But you know, and I get and Midnight Special. I don't consider it a genre piece, but it certainly was made with the intent of kind of being a sci-fi chase movie. But was this the least thing I think of when I think of that? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> you know? a genre picture, no. It, and so, but like for some reason the bit of genre isn't like a p- some sugar to make the good stuff go down. It's, it's, it's a framework that somehow lifts and augments that I can have it all. You know what I mean? <laughs> that like I can have, I mean, I guess I reject the notion that, uh, that, uh, a, a serious, serious movie is just straight, it's just normal drama, whatever that is. But I do recognize that most of the things that if I can have everything in one movie and it all sings, that's what I want. <laughs> and uh, so I've noticed that that's been, I never have like a Chariots of Fire as my first one. You know what I mean? The prestige picture. Yeah. yeah, the prestige picture is always something that's coupled with a usually frowned upon genre. <laughs> <laughs> be it superheroes or sci-fi or horror or something like that. But the fact that it's that to me is, is inconsequential. It's the fact that they made this movie near perfectly. So like that's, it's yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a great year for movies and Fantastic that was a lot of fun, you know, out of, out of 41, there was only three that I would call bad. Yeah, you know, and then three more that weren't for me. Right, there were a bunch there that I had. They're like, going, yeah, this is fucking. It's not for me, but it's okay. Yeah, fantastic year. So anyone who sits there and says this is a weird dip or a, can't wait to things to go back to normal, yeah. <laughs> this I think this I think this episode alone shows you the breadth of what's out there, and there's still more that uh, that we didn't even get to. That's true. And we're not going to run down that list. No. But keep, you were afraid I was going I was. to. I thought you were reading. <laughs> I, I thought I saw you clicking another spreadsheet open there. No, there. no, the hands were down here. The hands were down here. But no, just uh, thank you for taking this journey with us. And keep, uh, you know, don't, uh, if, if you always, my, Carrie's always in, in the other room going, there's just nothing to watch. There's just nothing to watch. I've seen it. And I go, I'm like, I've got literally years. <laughs> of lists of movies that I'm dying to see <laughs> and it's pressure on me to, uh, uh, it's out there you just need to look for it it's all out there take some chances take some risks you know when you that old feeling about how you'd pay you know you know 40, 50 bucks to go out to a night at the movies uh, just like yeah, whatever but then when you think to yourself well I'm not going to go see a play that I don't know that's like a $40, $50 ticket. And what if it's just nothing or bad? Like, no, take that chance. I don't, take take it. Go. You'll, you'll be surprised. That's how life happens. Thanks for taking a chance with us. I hope you listen to all seven hours and 44 <laughs> minutes because we didn't edit any of it out. Uh, oh. So it should be shorter than that. 
But uh, yes, <laughs> thanks, and we'll see you back next year. Unless you want to come hang out and talk about one specific movie for a while, which is what we'll be doing with our next episode. Yeah, because it feels like we we should do them all plus one, like you know, like Batman villains. We just got to keep adding. But no, no, these are these special things. If you want to, if you want to talk about all movies at once, wait till next year. But join us next week when we go back to just one dumb movie. And if you place Mank among the upper echelon of Oscar record holders, such as Ben-Hur, Titanic, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and West Side Story, you awarded it wrong. 